Smith will keep it. He dies for the end zone. He's got a touchdown. Kansas City in one of the greatest comebacks in Chiefs kingdom history. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Carr out of the shotgun. Looks left. Throws a lob for Michael Crabtree. He caught it. He caught it. He caught it. The Raiders have the lead. 35-34. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I needed that. Starting to feel like football now. That was a good start. That was a good start. We're going to finish for you, all right? The doctor is now in. Glad to have you with us here on a football Friday. Actually, it's kind of a football boxing Friday. T.C. Martin Show live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be on the planet than the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas here on the Las Vegas Strip. We are powered by the William Hill Sportsbook here. Glad to have you with us here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. We start breaking it down, NFL-style, college football, and even talking a little boxing as we are a week away from Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. And our special guest today is going to be the former two-time welterweight champ who is getting ready to get in the ring here in Vegas, November 20th. Showtime Sean Porter will join us next hour. He will be in the house. Always great when Showtime Sean joins us. Great guy, great fighter, great friend. And uh, he will be with us in an avid, diehard Cleveland Browns fan as well, too. So plenty on the table here today. As you know, nonstop sports talk from 2 to 4 p.m. each and every Friday here at the Cosmopolitan. Of course, Monday through Friday in, or actually Monday through Thursday in studio. So glad that uh, the people here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas uh, can join us as we've got it all happening here today. We've got college football tonight. A couple of undefeated teams will square off in the Big Ten. We're talking about Iowa and Maryland. So we'll dive into that. Trevor Maddich will join us, the 15-time Emmy Award winner and, the, of course, the former 12-year NFL veteran, former national champion with BYU back in the day, does a fantastic job on ESPN's college football. He will join us as part of our Best Bet segment next hour as well, too. And, of course, Brian Benowitz, our great host here at the Cosmopolitan, will be joining us a little bit later on. But we're kicking off the show with my right-hand man, handicapper extraordinaire from Wager Talk, Marco D'Angelo. Not only the handicapping expert, but of course the horse racing handicapping expert and owner as well, too. I appreciate it. Always love being on your show, uh, TC, and looking forward to uh, breaking down some games today. We've got plenty to break down, Marco. Plenty today. And I know you've got – I love the way you just picture – you know, you, you position yourself straight ahead so you can be <laughs> looking at the horses going right there. You know? You're looking at the number 11 right now. You've got, you got a little bit of a gray going here, too. Now, I got a little bit of gray going, yeah, too. Don't we all? Don't we all? Exactly. All right. Numchuck's back in the studio. The G-Man, Gilby, back with us from his uh, worldwide tour of the great state of Wisconsin last week, where he was about uh, 70 drinks into it between the, uh, uh, the Notre Dame... Uh, Wisconsin game at Soldier Field last week, uh, not to mention uh, everything else he had going on. And, of course, watching the Packers from a distance, being in Wisconsin, watching them get that victory against the Niners last week, which uh, a lot of us had the Packers 
last yeah. week. Not just the money line, I mean, not just uh, you know on the point spread, but the money line as well too. Well, if you had it money line, that made it very interesting <laughs> at the end of the game, to say the least. Uh, my game last week, the the big sweat for me was I went against the hometown Raiders with the Dolphins plus three and a yeah. half, and I, as you can see, I can't afford to lose much more here at DC, and I lost a lot in that one. John Gruden even lost more. I mean, he was talking about that after the game. He goes, I can't have these these heart stoppers anymore. We go back to the Monday night football game, you know, the season opener against the Ravens. That was like, you know, heart attack city. And then, like you said, uh, you know, Sunday the Raiders get down 14 nothing again, and they battle themselves, uh, you know, back into the game, and, and they get the victory. But uh, you're right, the cover for the visitors. Yeah, I got uh, I got nervous whenever he didn't send the uh, field goal crew out <laughs> right away, when, you know, at the end there. I said, is he going for the cover? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy being at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, and for both of these home games, it's just been a, a fantastic atmosphere. And you really couldn't have scripted this any better if you're the Raiders, if you're the National Football League, to have you know the NFL, you know, here in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium to open up the season, you know, with Monday Night Football with the Ravens and that uh, phenomenal game, and then to follow up with your second home game, another overtime victory for the Raiders. Yeah, I know the Raiders were here last. Last year uh, for us, but this is the official first year. You know, saying right. it with the stadium in uh, Vegas, residents hadn't you know hadn't had any uh, pro teams, and they're getting spoiled. <laughs> we got the Knights, the uh, you know the success they had early, and now the Raiders. Of course, me coming from Pittsburgh, I'm. I, Back in the day, I was used to it. It's a sad year this year for Pittsburgh, but, you know, I grew up thinking Super Bowl titles were, you know, just normal, you know. Right. Right? I had four of them in the 70s. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Marco, do we, have a, do we have a little friendly food wager going this week? we got the Steelers going to Lambeau Field against, uh, against the Packers. Um, I already have a teaser with Green Bay Live. Oh, <laughs> Last night, uh, the Cincinnati game, there I teased go. it with Green Bay. Very nice. <laughs> See, I, that's why I like Marco. You know, he's a teaser pleaser guy like myself. You know, we're very rare, Marco. But, you know, we take teasers very, very serious. You know, there's the casual teaser play, but again, I like loading up. Of the two team teasers, uh, they've been very good, and if you do it the correct way, the, correct. The, you know you want to go through the key numbers of three, four, six, and seven. Never, you know, I I see people do it all the time. TC, I see somebody take a three point favorite and make them a three point dog, and I just yeah. want to go over and shake them when they do that. <laughs> Yes, this is true. I mean, going going through zero is always, uh, yeah, you know, or, or the pick them however you want yeah. to properly say it. That's 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 tough. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I like taking the, the dogs and getting them up to double digits. I, I enjoy that routine, and of course, you know, taking the the anywhere from nine to eight or seven point favorites, you know, down to basically a pick 'em. I, I enjoy that. Absolutely, yeah. And those smart one, way to do it. One and two point dogs up over the touchdown are, have been the most profitable. Yes. And the other tip to do that: the lower the over under, the more valuable the teaser is taking it over the touchdown because there's expected fewer points in the game, so every point becomes more valuable. Mm-hmm. Excellent stuff. All right, Marco D'Angelo, you can check him out. I, 
at wagertalk.com. Uh, Marco's picks are up there uh, each and every week, and Marco will be participating in the, the best bets with us here today. We give you our three best college games, our three best NFL contests each and every week. Uh, been hitting them pretty good. Uh, undefeated on the pro side last week, uh, 3-0, and so felt pretty good about that. But last Saturday, Marco, we, we had a rough go of it on the college side. I mean, there were, there were quite a few upsets last week on the college side. There was. Uh, fortunately, I had a good week last week, so hopefully we can carry that over to yep. this week with the plays. And uh, we brought a couple uh, winners, I think, uh, to the show today. All right. Uh, let's start talking about a game that it, uh, Friday night football. Our good friend, uh, Timmy B., Tim Brando, was on the show yesterday. He is on the call for Fox Sports tonight. The game FS1, a battle of two Big Ten undefeateds. Does that sound right? It's true. Iowa 4-0, and deservedly so. Iowa's look solid. I mean, they went into Iowa State a couple weeks ago and took care of the Cyclones. And uh, this Maryland team is also, you know, undefeated at 4-0. Really hasn't played the top-notch competition. But we look at this game here tonight. We've got a low number. we got uh, the road team favored by a field goal in Iowa. Give us some thoughts about Iowa-Maryland. Well, I'll be honest with you, uh, TC. If this game was tomorrow, I would look at it totally different. Because it's a Friday night standalone game, it's going to be on TV, uh, you're going to have a wild crowd there in Maryland. You've got a top-five team coming in in Iowa, and you look at it, the line's just a field goal. That's awful tempting. I realize both teams are undefeated, but so many people like to look at the polls, and they're going to draw it conclusion and go with Iowa. I can tell you this with Iowa. They have a tremendous defense. This team has shut down everybody that they've played. Now granted Indiana and Iowa Iowa State, that was the signature game and Iowa State has struggled this year. They beat up on a couple patsies but the games that they had to step up they didn't deliver. Uh, Maryland has had a soft schedule so far. I did watch them the entire uh, West Virginia game. They got out to a big lead with West Virginia and then had to hold on I think they got a shot here in this game, but if you really want to look at this game, the total, I think it's at 47, 47 and a half. I'm going to see points going to be tough to come by with these two teams. You know, we talk about the teaser variety. Is this a good spot to take a look at the Terps here, getting them up to double digits of 10? I don't tease in college football. I The uh, point variance, and you there's too much of – frequency of scoring and you've got higher totals in it now granted this would be a game that points would be a premium because you're looking a 47 over under in college football that's like the old days of a 37 in the nfl okay so you know that is a very low total but i found over the years it's not plus ev to really be teasing uh in college football all right obviously if you follow maryland you know that there's a uh, Tangle Voa there. There's uh, Tua's younger brother uh, at the quarterback position. Uh, thoughts about Maryland early on this year? Uh, they've done everything asked of them, but the schedule's been very weak. Outside of the West Virginia game at the beginning, they've played some soft opponents. They did have Illinois in there, but we've seen Illinois come back in a couple games that they've played. They have not been good. So I, I just don't know how good this team really is at this point in time. But uh, I, they're going to have a real test tonight against the Iowa defense. I see this game as one of those type of games where it might be, you know, a 2017 or, you know, 2320 type game. Not a lot of margin there for the under. You know, you get one, uh, you know, one turnover and then all of a sudden you're worrying about an under. 
unders have not been fun this year <laughs> to be playing, uh, especially if you've been doing it in the NFL on the primetime games. But uh, I like I lean to the under with this one. So your two scores just uh, you know fit into what I said about taking Maryland on a teaser. I, know, I, I, I know. got home there. I'm, I'm, t- I'm tempted with this, Marco. <laughs> I, I can't talk you out of it. It's just my personal rule. I don't I don't tease college. Uh, there are a couple other games uh, here tonight as well, too. Uh, Houston's taking on Tulsa. Tulsa, a three-and-a-half-point choice. And uh, BYU, the alma mater of our, our good friend Trevor Match, who will join us a little bit later, nine-and-a-half on the road against Utah State. Your thoughts about the BYU Cougars? Um, I actually have a play on this game tonight. I did bet Utah State. This is a spot for BYU it's going to be their fifth game of the season, and it's their first true road game. If you remember, that first game of the season was actually here in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium against a very bad Arizona team. Uh, then they took care of business. They had a monster game against uh, Utah. That was a big rivalry game. And then they come back against the Arizona State uh, and put up a good effort. Now, that final score of the Arizona State game, TC, very misleading in that game. Arizona State had four turnovers in that game and 16 penalties. They kept shooting themselves in the foot in that game. Yeah, I know all the details of that game. Full disclosure, I had Arizona State in that game uh, and watched every bit of it. I think they're going to be in trouble here tonight. I think uh, Utah State last week, they laid an egg at Boise. They were getting a you know an angry Boise State team that had blew a game the week before. They rallied to get themselves in position to kick the game-winning field goal and then lost Oklahoma State. Uh, they came out with fire in their eyes, and I just think Utah State was looking ahead to this one with BYU coming to town. I'm taking the home dog, uh, a Friday night game. Not that uh, there'll be a lot of partying going on uh, tailgating-wise <laughs> there, but uh, still, you've seen the crowds. If you saw the games that BYU played at home against Arizona State and against uh, Utah, the crowd was definitely a factor in both of those games. BYU's not going to have that tonight. Utah State's going to enjoy that. I like him. Goes down to the wire, and don't be surprised if you see an upset. You know, it's funny. Earlier on when we were talking about the Iowa-Maryland game, you were saying if this game was on Saturday that maybe you wouldn't play it or, you know, the way you're thinking about doing it. And we've had this discussion this week about Friday night college football where it used to be taboo. Every, you know, the, the colleges did not want to play on Friday nights. They wanted to keep that reserved for high school football. And, you know, in, in some of these communities, high school football is huge. And, you know, maybe not necessarily in some of these college communities, but how do you feel about Friday night football in general? I know from a gaming perspective, from a betting perspective, people love it because it gives us, you know, some standalone games. But how does that affect your handicapping by by doing a Friday night game, like saying you maybe wouldn't be playing this game if it was on Saturday. Yeah, because to me, whenever you're th- it's going to give more value to the home team when it's a night game and it's on TV. You're going to get you know a louder crowd. You know, and if they're sitting around all day, you know, especially you know Saturday night. You know, we talk about it how crowd noise is going to be a bigger factor. You're tailgating in you know the parking lot for a few hours before the game and everything. And what you said about Friday night football, TC. I grew up Pittsburgh, Western Pennsylvania. That is one of the biggest hotbeds for high school football. And yes, Friday night football was, you know, was king. You know, you had all those school, you know, all of the quarterbacks that came out of Western Pennsylvania when I grew up, you know, Namath, uh, 
Kelly, you know, Dan Marino. You know, it was just it Montana. Was, yeah, or, yeah, you could go on yeah. and on. It was like a you know QB uh, factory there. But here in Vegas, you know, we've always had a presence with you know high school football, especially because of Bishop Gorman, obviously being you know so good all those years. But it's a different atmosphere uh, playing a night game on a Friday as opposed to a 12 noon game on amongst the rest of the schedule on a Saturday. I think the crowd is livelier in those type of games, so you have to give a little more value to home to home field advantage. All right. Let me ask you about a couple uh, schools here. North Carolina, they're playing Duke tomorrow, and a lot of people just may not pay too much attention to this game, but this Carolina team, they're favored by 20. Duke has played pretty well, believe it or not. What has happened to Mac Brown in North Carolina? I mean, all of the talk about, you know, potential Heisman candidate, you know, with the quarterback in North Carolina. But this team has really underperformed and underdelivered. And they can put up a ton of points, but they are giving up more points. It's just ridiculous. And what we saw Carolina go through last week. It's the same old thing. I mean, you saw it before with these teams. They were, they were winning these high-scoring games. The D, They're not keeping up with the defense. The defense has regressed too much. Uh, I don't know if Mac Brown's putting too much emphasis on, you know, the offense uh, side of the football, but you got to make some stops. The problem you got to worry about now, uh, TC, when you had a team that had as many expectations coming in, I mean, talking, you know, uh, a top 20 team, top 10 team, and then you lose a couple games early, you could end up losing the team because, you know, your season goals go out the window, and that's something you got to be concerned with. I can say this much, um, I'm going to be looking at dogs or the overs in games involving North Carolina right now. That's the only way I can look at the games. Yes, they're very talented offensively, and, yeah, they can blow a team out. But you're always going to be worried about the backdoor cover, you know, anytime you're laying points. And they aren't a team. They're a passing team first. And when you're laying a big number and then you start to melt the clock in the fourth quarter, you're not doing what you do naturally. Whereas if you have a good running team and you're laying double digits, people say, well, I don't want a running team because I'm going to get backdoored. No. When they're trying to milk the clock with a lead, they're doing what they do best. And they're killing the clock, and they can extend the lead with you know punching the touchdown in by wearing you out. So uh, that's my concern with North Carolina. Got a couple uh, big Big Ten games uh, tomorrow. Let's talk a little bit about this conference because it's a different-looking Big Ten right now. A lot of uncertainty. We mentioned, you know, Iowa, and they look to be, you know, maybe the cream of the crop right now, uh, believe it or not, in comparison to what we've seen from Ohio State this season. But uh, we got Ohio State and Wisconsin looking very, very vulnerable. Uh, Michigan is good, but they really haven't been tested yet. But Iowa looks to be the class of the Big Ten right now. And I thought, you know, myself, I thought Indiana would be much better as well, too, getting Michael Penix back. But they've been disappointing. They've got a game coming up this week at Penn State where traditionally they played Penn State pretty tough and have upset them in the last couple seasons. And now they're going into Happy Valley, you know, getting, you know, 12, 12 and a half points. Looks kind of inviting. But look at the big picture here, Marco. What's your version of this crazy Big Ten? Well, there's no question that Iowa, with their defense, uh, I like good defensive teams. Penn State has surprised me thus far. And Penn State, uh, they've done everything that they've been asked of. They should have lost the Wisconsin game, the first game of the season. They got the win, but, you know, Wisconsin kept shooting themselves in the foot. 
if they play defense and come with the uh, tenacity that they had against Auburn in, in the whiteout game, it's going to be tough for Indiana. And the problem with Indiana, you're not the only one that a lot of people thought coming in was going to have a good year with returning the quarterback and everything, but he has been the problem. Yeah. The, the turnovers, I think he has six or seven interceptions already. And last week, um, I went against Indiana because it was a horrible scheduling spot for them. They were coming off two sandwich games with the big uh, – And had to go the on the road ten. to Western Kentucky, Yeah, right? took yeah. the Western Kentucky, uh, you know, live underdog there, and they were getting nine. They lose by two. So uh, that was easy last week. But Penn State will bring the defense. Now, can Penn State match the same intensity that they had in, in the Auburn game? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, I'm not betting against Penn State. It's Penn State or pass for me in that one. But Penn State's defense has been solid, and the offense will continue to get better. They changed coordinators this year, so that's a little bit of a work in progress as they move forward. But they'll get better as the season goes on and when they have the big showdown a little later in the season. You, know, you bring up a great point about the scheduling, and especially with college football, you really have to be conscious of, of the scheduling. Example, you know, we, go, we look at what Michigan did at home and all those home games and they they took care of washington and they 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 beat up you know northern illinois and in western michigan the mickey mac teams you know Uh, but then there was a soft spot for them last week as rutgers came in and rutgers came in and got the cover uh now michigan is going to have to play their first road game at wisconsin we'll dive into that game uh, in a little bit but just when you're handicapping you really got to take a look at the schedule like where could these potential letdown spots be Oh, absolutely. I, you know, one of the shows that I do at Wager Talk, I have a segment on it where I call it the Marco's Sandwich Game of the Week, you know, and, and we look for spots like that where last week it was Western Kentucky was my play. But I, I looked at that Rutgers game last week, and, you know, I just couldn't get to the window with Rutgers because, yes, that was a, a huge look-ahead spot for Michigan having to go on the road this week and play Wisconsin. But Rutgers, to me, was so bad, I just couldn't get to the window and trust them. But, yes, you look for those spots. In TC, I say it all the time, and what I tell people, uh, you know, that I'm a situational handicapper along with stats. If you handicap strictly on stats, TC, you're going to have the same thing that everybody else has. The guys behind the counter over there have all the stats that we have and we're looking mm-hmm. at too. But you have to try to find the spots where you're going to have a team overachieve or underachieve. And I like to find those live dogs where you've got a team that's looking ahead to something else, not totally focused on the team in hand. And that's where you find the spots to do it. I say stats are great, but these are not robots out there. They're human beings. They have highs and lows in, uh, you know, just like any other walk of life where people are there. You don't bring your best game every single day. Clemson. <laughs> Un- Unbelievable. Good, good segue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Here's the question. Did Trevor Lawrence really make that much of a difference? I think uh, Trevor Lawrence made a ton of difference, but it also let's not forget all of the skill position players that are also in the NFL as well. Um, it's just, you know, we always say, we use the joke that, you know, these powerhouse programs don't rebuild. They just reload every year. But at some point when you're sending five, six, seven people to the NFL – you know, off of your teams, it's tough to, to get all of that. And I think that last year, because we didn't have all of the practices that you had last year, that some of the play, younger players aren't 
developed as much as they would have been at this stage with a normal season and all of the spring practices and the fall practices and such. So that's part of it. This quarterback come in. Uh, I'm not even going to try to say his last <laughs> last name right. again. For Just him. call him DJ. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And uh, you know, you couldn't have anybody come in with more hype than he did, and he he hasn't delivered yet. You know, I gave him a pass the first game because it, that was Georgia, and Georgia has a great defense, but not against NC State and any other teams that they. And Georgia with. Tech. Yeah, Georgia Tech. Yeah. Fourteen to to eight yeah. against yeah. Georgia Tech. I, you know, I can't keep giving them a pass there. So until they show me that they can do it, I, you know, and Clemson's always going to have one of those built-in biases with the bookmakers because they've been good for so long. The bookmakers are a little bit slower to adjust point spreads on the perennial powerhouses if they take a step backwards as opposed to any, other, you know, to a normal team. Right. They'll make the adjustments quick. But to me, I, they're a little bit slow because they know they're still going to mm. get money on those powerhouses yeah. if they slip the notch. And we've seen that with Ohio State. Yeah. You know, the struggles that they've had, but the lines are, are, are still, you know, very it's, high, yeah. you know, with that. And with Clemson, the problem is their defense, you can say what you want about their defense, but they've been on the field, I mean, so many snaps every week here, and now they've accumulated some injuries. Yeah, this when I say this statement all the time, people look at me like I'm crazy. I says, what makes a good defense is a good offense. If you have an offense that's going to win time of possession every game for you, that makes an average defense better because they're on the field for less plays. And because they've had no consistency, you've hit it nail right on the head there. Clemson's defense has been on the field for too long. And when we talk about an NFL game later today, that's part of my thing why their defense is playing so well because they finally got a quarterback that's keeping the offense on the field for drives. And it will make the defense an improved defense. All right. Marco D'Angelo joins us here. And we start uh, breaking down the college side, the NFL side, and our best bet segment coming uh, next hour as well, too. So hang tight for that. All right. We come back. We will start looking at some of the marquee games on the college board for tomorrow and the NFL as well. Showtime Sean Porter, the two-time welterweight champ, getting ready for his fight against Terrence Crawford here in Vegas November 20th. He will join us at the top of the hour as well. So we got some football. we got some boxing talk. It's a live one here, like it always is. Each and every Friday here, it's the T.C. Martin Show, live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Now, back to more of Las Vegas' favorite sports madman, the Dr. T.C. Martin. Live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Oh, yes. Inside the sportsbook powered by William Hill. And don't forget, dive into some free money. It's real simple. Whether you're a tourist or you're a local here in town, take advantage of the promo code TC50. It's real simple. If you deposit at least $50 into a brand-new account, they will match it with a free $50. That's right. Just go over to the counter. You want to open a new account, and that's how you should be playing anyway. All right, bet from your phone. Bet where you watch the games. You don't have to stand in line. Download the app on your phone, the William Hill mobile app. Take advantage of the free money. Use the promo code TC50, and again, you deposit at least $50 in a new account. They will match it with an additional 50 It's free money. Play with it. Use it. And uh, if you're from out of town, cash uh, out before you go home. Plain and simple, bet wherever you watch the games. Pay that man his money. That's right. There we go. All right. Double B has taken advantage of that promo code. 
Absolutely. TC50. Double B's in the house. What's going on, my friend? Marco D'Angelo's here. Double B. Showtime, Sean Porter next hour. Trevor Maddich. What is happening? The problem is I took care of that. I took advantage of that during March Madness and turned it correctly $50 into $0 very, very quickly. So uh, people are better handicappers than me, and they'll use it during football. So. Oh, there you go. I mean, you must have, you, you must have been on Ohio State or something like that. Uh, I went against, uh, who was that, Oral Roberts. Yeah, there you go. There, there you go. That's what we're talking about here. All right, guys, let's take a look at the, some of the marquee games college football docket for tomorrow. Let's start with this Arkansas Razorback team. They're getting 18 against Georgia. JT Daniels back for Georgia, the quarterback, the former transfer from USC. And now Arkansas, uh, are they on a high or what right now? I know that uh, the general public will look at this game and say, wait a minute, 18, Arkansas just rolled over Texas A&M on a neutral field last uh, week in Arlington, Texas at Jerry's World. Now you're going to go between the hedges, going to play against Georgia. 18 is a big number. Marco D'Angelo, is the number two juicy or what? Well, there's no question it's tempting to look at Arkansas plus the points because not only did they beat Texas A&M, but how about when they steamrolled Texas 40-21? Yes. to 21. But you know what? They haven't faced a defense like uh, Georgia's. You know, Georgia, we're talking all about the offense because they're putting up a ton of points. This defense hasn't given up anything this year. Granted, they haven't faced a, a tough team other than Clemson, and we talked about them in the first segment. I think you're going to see a statement out of Georgia here. It's for me, I'm laying the points or I'm not playing it. It's probably not going to get to my card, but I do like the Georgia side. Yeah, at first blush, you'd look at it and it jumps off the page, TC. Right. 18 and a half, this team's undefeated, beating the two premier teams in Texas. However, Georgia was in a in a couple of battles. I mean, they have already placed some pretty good defenses and, and, and shut down a Clemson team, which now doesn't look quite as good, but they've just steamrolled everybody else. Uh, uh, I think it's a really tough spot for Arkansas. Uh, I would not play the dog here. Um, remember, when you're playing at, uh, people are thinking, well, the back door's open, you're playing at home and all that stuff. To me, this game might stay around for a little while, but I think the cream will rise to the crop in uh, um they end up going away. You know, Arkansas plays with attitude, and they run the ball hard, and their defense has really stepped up. I was shocked. I mean, I took Texas A&M last week, and I thought that, you know, A&M, uh, their defense, I thought, would be the difference, and it wasn't. Their defense got shredded, and A&M came in with a pretty darn good defense. Traditionally, we know they do have a very good defense. So, yeah, this game, I'm probably going to stay away from it, but uh, it looks a little juicy you know, with Arkansas because they're playing with a lot of confidence, and they're capable. They're very capable offensively. Uh, one thing I would add, though, is uh, A&M was exposed with this, just as how, how poorly Colorado has played, and they only yeah. ended up winning that game 10-7. to 7 Well, offensively dreadful, challenged. Dreadfully yeah. in that game, and yeah. Colorado has been really bad. Yeah. Got blanked at home to uh, uh Minnesota, who came back and lost to Bowling Green, is a thirty-point dog. So they just—I—I I, I don't know how much they've got over there at A&M. Arkansas look great, and they whack Texas. Texas got no defense, none. And so we'll see what happens here. Uh, they're going to not be able to move the ball down the field like they have, running the ball and running over Georgia. That's just not going to happen. So if they become a team that has to throw the ball, it could be in trouble. And they're, I mean, if, if they throw a pick and they got a short field. Uh, that Georgia team is going to take advantage. Mississippi at Alabama, another big number here. Alabama, 14 and a half. Anybody uh, want to get on the Lane Kiffin train here? <laughs> He's had an extra week to prepare yep. for this one. Uh, granted, 
Alabama had an easy game last week, uh, so they had two weeks to prepare as well. You can look at it. But if you remember the game last year, Mississippi played them tough the whole way, and then it got away in the fourth. It's one of those ones where you hang around, you hang around, and eventually the cream come to the uh, top. But you make a mistake, and then all of a sudden a one-score game is a two-score game, and then you start forcing the issue. I think they're going to be able to hang around with them in this one. Uh, do I want to step in front of Saban at home in this one? You know, Kiffin uh, definitely. You know, one thing that Saban can you know thank Kiffin for. It's Kiffin that got this offense opened up and changed the whole landscape at Alabama. Correct. You never saw this type of offense. But uh, I think uh, Nick Saban, uh, whenever it's in the fourth quarter. You see him yell at guys for plays that when you're up by 20-some points? That's because the spread was 30, okay? Uh, this is a guy that loves to take care of the alumni. So uh, I'm not stepping in front of him here. One thing that's been gold, and it's holding up this year as well, Alabama first half. Uh, that wager uh, has been gold for everybody. So you might want to take a little uh, first half wager with Alabama uh, and then uh, go from there in game. All right. We know they got some good food in Tuscaloosa too, right, Double B? Well, right now my uh, my brother-in-law and my nephew are there for the game. They're there for the game. They're, they just finished eating at Dreamland Barbecue, very famous in uh, uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, really a great place to go. Uh, you can see here you've got basically ribs yes. and, and, and white, white bread. And, and why are we sauce. not on a plane immediately? And they did it right. You're supposed to buy you get one rack at a time. As soon as you get down to those last few bones, you order the next one so it stays hot. They've been trained quite well. Uh, my, uh, happy, Rib etiquette. I love it. Yes, happy birthday yesterday to, uh, to Stewart. He turned 50. Uh, he's a big Alabama alum and... Uh, I think they're going to play for him. I, I, I think Mississippi's got a nice team. I think Alabama's chomping at the bit here. I think Alabama wins going away. And, again, maybe at halftime it's a little closer than you want. But, but by the time the end of the game goes, I think 20 to 14 seems real light to me. All right. We talked a lot about Notre Dame the last couple of weeks, and uh, they are going to be in a tough one against Cincinnati. Obviously, Cincinnati has kind of been uh, you know the early flavor of the, of the month uh, as we started this football season. And uh, the Irish – are an underdog at home. I mean, the number here, uh, Cincinnati, a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. How much are we buying into Cincinnati here? Well, I'm buying into them a lot. I don't know how much you want me to talk about it right now because this is one of my three best bets. Uh, You want me to save it or you want me to? It's up to you. I mean, we're going to hit you with your best bets here in in about 15 minutes. It's up to you if you want to talk about it. I got to say it. that whenever I looked at the lines, when it came out uh, Sunday afternoon, it's the first thing I do. I run through the lines and I'll circle games that, or say something that sticks out to me. And the minute I saw Notre Dame as a home underdog, I said, "How many people are going to run to the window this weekend and just blank Notre Dame is an underdog at home? I mean, come on! I got you know, I got to bet that <laughs> they're an underdog at home for a reason. This Cincinnati team is for real." And if you watched the Notre Dame-Wisconsin game last week, yes, Notre Dame was the right side in that game from start to finish, but that game was way closer than the final score. And God rest your soul if you had the under in that game (laughs) for the final three minutes of that one. And that wasn't fun. But uh, that game, they played a team, Wisconsin, that does one thing. They're going to try to run the football down your throat and then throw the occasional pass. This Cincinnati team is a diverse team. They run the football well. They pass the football well. And they've got an underrated 
defense because of the conference they play in. People just don't give them enough credit. This is their statement game. I like Cincinnati a lot on Saturday. Yeah, Cincinnati's got a nice program. They've been building it for years. Uh, really surprised to see them favored here. I did not get to see the end of the game. I stopped watching. I had to go do something at 10-10. <laughs> and so I saw the final score, and I'm like, what in the world happened? I mean, yeah. how, how did it get that far out of control? And uh, you, then you go back and you read about it. So Notre Dame has not Horny Brook came back. Yeah, that's Notre, what it was. Yeah, Notre, yeah, yeah Mertz didn't. Yeah, but I, I, Notre I told Dame, you about those Wisconsin quarterbacks. Notre Dame has not played great, except yeah. for maybe in the fourth quarter where they got, it got away. And, I mean, it, they have not looked sharp. They have not looked like the Notre Dame team uh, that would put any fear in you. And Cincinnati is just quietly going out. I think they're ranked seventh, maybe sixth in the country, a little right there with Notre Dame. Um, surprised, uh, surprised me the number that they would be favored. I thought maybe Notre Dame would be a two or three right, point me favorite too. Yeah. in the game. But, you know, uh, I think they got it right. I think they got it right. I think the right team is favored. And this, to me, should be a very good football game. I'm looking forward to watching it. I never want to say a team, if you have the opportunity to run a score up, but in Cincinnati's case, they know that they have to build the resume for the committee if they run the table and go undefeated to jump one of the Power Five one-loss teams. And this is the premier game on their schedule for them. Yeah, that is very true. We, uh, you know, look at this uh, at the Notre Dame team in this situation here. You talk about Cincinnati has you know really built a program. Remember the guy who started that program was Brian Kelly, who got the Notre Dame job because of the success that he built at Cincinnati for his time there. So, yeah, interesting game. A couple lines here, like we just talked about, these past three games, they kind of, sh- you know, you shake your eyes a little bit. You know, Georgia 18 seems big as well as Arkansas has been playing. Mississippi, Matt Corral, you know, getting, you know, more than two touchdowns against Alabama. And then here, Notre Dame not being favored at home against Cincinnati. We'll see if it's warranted. Michigan and Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a two-point favorite. We talked about how they have looked dreadful, uh, especially the quarterback position. Not really a shocker there. In Michigan, we really don't know how good this team is. Uh, They continue to win, but uh, here we go. Now they're playing on the road for the very first time. Yeah, they did not look good last week. They were not in sync against Rutgers at all. Uh, Do you excuse that as just a a blip, or is that really Michigan? Um, They have not been able to throw the ball. They don't have any downfield weapons, and they've bullied teams. So when they've had the ability to just run over a team and get 300 yards and 300 yards, opens up the play action and a little bit more on the outside, it's been fine. Uh, This, to me, looks like a hard-nosed, dead under game. Um, I didn't play it on my, on my uh, thing, but I almost went for two totals this week, TC. Wow. Look at it. What, <laughs> what has gotten done, into you? I've done, one total, temperature. I've done one total in four years, but this looks dead under to me. This looks like a 13-10 to 10 type of football game. Very ugly, and maybe a, a mistake somewhere along the road uh, costs them. And, and, you know, who knows? Wisconsin last time it got away from them. Could happen again here. The thing about this game, it is the first road test for Michigan. You know, how can you get to week five and only be playing your first road game? You got to give your athletic director a, yeah. a bonus for that. But I'll tell you who needs to get not a bonus is how can it be year after year? You are a coach that was a quarterback. How can you not find talent? At the quarterback position. You know, I, I mean, you got Michigan in college, and you got all those years in Denver with John Elway. You couldn't, get, you know, couldn't find a quarterback out there. Uh, I like Wisconsin in this game. They are going to be physical, as they always are. And the key here is forget what happened at the end of the game last week with Wisconsin. It was 10-10 in the fourth quarter. 
Notre Dame, or excuse me, Michigan needs to run the football. Wisconsin, Penn State only had 50 net yards rushing. The uh, last week, Notre Dame had minus three net when you took the, the sacks out of there. If Michigan can't run the football, do you trust this quarterback on the road at Cap Randall? I don't. I, I got to go Wisconsin here. All right. It's going to be one of my best bets, so I'll, I'll save that for a, a little bit later. I do, li- I do like this game. I'm going, to, I'm going to predict who you like. <laughs> I'm going to predict who you like. Uh, the G-Man uh, Brooke, is who I like. Brooke, Brooke said she's looking forward to a day off of the uh, parties at uh, Michigan. Yeah? Uh, all those consecutive home games. She's a little tired, so she's taking a little uh, Of course. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. It's a gr- great uh, sketch there by the Michigan AD. Go blue there. Okay. Let's uh, – Turn our attention to the NFL here, guys. Marquee game, obviously, Sunday night football. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to New England. Of course, the story here is Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. What is the attitude for both parties here? Now, I I love Brady. He's come out and said, you know, hey, you know, I'm aware of this situation. I want to beat these guys. Uh, you know, Tom Brady is is a complete pro. Belichick, of course, is being Belichick and just not even wanting to talk about it. Where Brady's got in front of this thing and saying, "Hey, you know, it is what it is." But I'm I'm looking forward to, to this, and and you know, he wants to come in there and, and win. Tampa Bay is a seven point favorite in this game. If you look at these two teams, deservedly so, the Buccaneers should be the favorite here. I get the sense that the Buccaneers want to play hard and play well for Tom Brady in this situation. It will be very emotional. It's going to be a, a, a great night. Uh, you know, the Pat Patriot fans there uh, are going to, you know, root for their team. But, you know, they love seeing Brady here as well, too. What's going to happen in this game Sunday night, Marco? Yeah, this is a game that, from a value standpoint, to me, the value is New England plus seven. Right. I think this line is too high. Do I want to get to the window and bet New England with a rookie quarterback? Uh, because if he does fall behind, then this could spiral out of control if he has to force the issue. But you know this is going to be a defensive game from Belichick because he knows Mac Jones is not going to trade points with Tom Brady. And we have seen so far the Tampa Bay defense has not played good at all. Now, granted, (laughs) they've gone against some really good offenses. How many blitz packages do you think Belichick has been drawn up ever since the schedule come out waiting for this game? Because he can play it off all he wants. You know, it is personal because last year, the question, everybody, was it Tom? Was it Bill? Who, who was it? Well, Tom kind of answered that by winning a Super Bowl. So this is his statement game, and I think he's going to throw everything he, he can defensively at Tom Brady. And let's face it, Tom is super, but he, he's not the most mobile quarterback out there. And if anybody knows how to frustrate him, it's the coach that protected him with game plans for all those years. So for me, if I have to take the game, I'm taking the home underdog. I love the home underdog here. I think it's to be a game of, of possession. I think Tampa's defense has, not, has been dreadful so far this year, uh, really not stopping anybody. And I think t- uh, uh, while New England has a rookie quarterback and they're, they're changing their ways and whatnot, they're going to try to possess the ball. They're going to keep the ball out of Tampa's hands. And seven points is just way too rich. Uh, I, when was the last time Belichick got seven points at home? Yeah. I, I mean, really. Can you not recall guy, ever, ever, there aren't ever. any There aren't any records for e- it. Even last year, you know, when they were down. Yeah. I, I, so, I can't recall. Uh, no. uh, to me, 
watching them go all the way to L.A. and then go all the way to Foxborough. This is not a great spot for everybody staring at Tom. I personally think this is a great spot for the Patriots to really keep this game very close and maybe come out with a win. Maybe maybe look to circle it as a money line play. Brian, is there any truth to the rumors? I heard that they already are pre-printing New England teaser tickets and Sunday night bets to save time at the window. <laughs> because nobody, because nobody, nobody's betting New England. They're all betting Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yes. <laughs> People love Tom Brady, and, and they, they, they proof, proof's in the pudding. This guy Belichick's pretty good. The thing about it is, I would, I, I agree with you guys. This is, this is an inflated line here for, for the home team. And I agree 100% about Belichick, the blitz packages, and I agree with what you're saying, Brian, about Tampa Bay and their defense. That's the reason why I took the Rams last week against Tampa Bay for that reason. The cross-country tra- travel means a lot as well, too. So I would love to get um, in front of this and, and, and get on uh, Tampa, but how much do I trust <laughs> Mac Jones? I mean, uh, New England. I, I, I want to take New England. I probably will take New England, but how much do I? I love Mac Jones. I think the future is is bright with Mac Jones. I totally endorse getting rid of Cam Newton for Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. I loved it when they drafted him. I like what he's done early on, but he's still a rookie, and he's still making some rookie mistakes like all of the rookie quarterbacks that we've seen thus far. So uh, I think the there is value in this situation, and I think that Tom Brady could be coming into a little bit of a buzzsaw. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Tom Brady, returning Super Bowl champions, just the numbers, two or three points more than it should be, mm-hmm. and uh, this—they did not. They've not looked good. Right. They've not looked good. They should have. They could have easily lost their first game, right? Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. that was right down to the wire against Dallas, and I, I think that L.A. really exposed them because L.A.'s got a good offense, but nobody's like frightened of them. And uh, although they played really well so far this yeah. year, Stafford seems to have made a big difference for that team. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I really like the Patriots here. All right, Kansas City. Coming off that loss last week against the Chargers, they go on the road. Uh, we talk about Belichick and Brady facing off. Andy Reid's coming back to Philadelphia, and not too many people are, are talking about that. Andy Reid is in uh, in good health, in good condition, had to spend the night in the hospital. He was taken away after uh, their loss to the Chargers last week. Uh, you know, had some health issues, but uh, he's okay. He's coming back to Philadelphia, and uh, we'll see how quickly the, the Eagles fans actually turn on the home team here. The way they played Monday night and, or got blasted, uh, you know, against the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, they are all banged up on both sides of the football here. Kansas City coming back off of a loss, minus seven. What do you think, Marco? Well, you know the stat. Going back to last year right now, the Kansas City Chiefs won 12-1 and one against the spread. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, you know, they're still winning football games. Not last week. They're winning football games, but they're not covering. Mm-hmm. The defense is a problem. They don't have a solid running game, uh, and they're throwing the football all over the place. And last week, that game, if they don't turn the football over, it's a totally different ball game because they had control of that game early. They went two long drives that ended in turnovers in Charger territory that, you know, Justin Herbert, I, I love everything he, he's done so far. But it is a different game if you're playing 14 nothing down than to be playing within a score, tied, or a lead. And he's had that benefit. It's going to be the same story for Philadelphia as last week. I did like Dallas on the Monday night game because even though Dallas has a bad defense like Kansas City does, their offense is so prolific that as the game progresses – 
you're going to have a touchdown drive where the other team might have to settle for some field goals across, around the way, and eventually you get that separation. And I just don't see Jalen Hurts getting the job job done, trading with Mahomes. Yeah, he, Marco brought up a great point. KC is not blowing anybody out. Their spreads are always inflated. We said it last week. Hey, here's a great spot. Chargers are always in a game. Yep. And the uh, and and Casey never blows anybody out, so you got to take the charge, and the charge end up winning the game. Is it the same case here? It may be where it it, it feels like it could be close, but they are so banged up, Philly, uh, that it doesn't look like they can hang. Uh, I would not touch this game. Uh-huh. All right, talking about the Chargers, they are at SoFi Stadium hosting the Raiders. It's going to be interesting to see how this crowd is made up. Of course, Silver and Black Nation in Southern California. And we know the Chargers don't have that big fan base here. But uh, playing the shiny new stadium. And I think, guys, that the Chargers are going to start having fans because this is a good football team. You know, and, and still people that love the Chargers, they can make their way you know, from San Diego and be there. And uh, I understand there's going to be a lot of Raider fans here. But the bottom line is, when you talk about Justin Herbert and you talk about this Charger team, this is a good football team. I wholeheartedly disagree. The Chargers have done nothing to expand their fan base beyond San Diego. And San Diego, they were apathetic to begin with. And, and, and I, so I'm saying I, over time is what I'm saying. If you win, Brian, you're, gonna, you're going to over time. Yeah, over time. O- over time. I agree. Not right now. I'm not saying that there, now. There are apathetic fan bases. The Carolina yeah. Hurricanes, an apathetic fan base, no matter how good the product is on yeah. the ice. And the Chargers have a nice product. They have. They've got Herbert, who's just a, a superstar in the making, but they're a tenant of L.A. Nobody in L.A. cares about them. There will be, at least for the next decade, unless they win a Super Bowl, more away teams in that stadium than Charger fans. Chargers, uh, full disclosure, uh, I'm O for the season involving them, with, <laughs> with or against. I was on them big against Dallas, and they did everything but win that game, and then they did the exact opposite in this one. They got every break and every every call and every fumble and interception last week, but I'll be on the Raiders on Monday night. So tread lightly, but I will be on the Raiders simply because that was a huge, huge game for the Chargers last week to go on the road Beat Kansas City, the team that you have to beat in your division. Uh, I know this is another division game, but I just cannot see them coming with the same intensity. And for the Raiders last week, the reason I went against them with Miami, that was a bad spot for them last week. Sandwich coming off of the, you know, the big road game. I like the Raiders to get the job done. They'll be able to move the football on the Charger defense. Charger defense has not stopped anybody yet. And what, a, what a roller coaster ride for those Raiders, their home games. <laughs> Holy moly. I was exhausted leaving that game. I had to make it to T-Mobile for the, for the right? last preseason yeah. game. We talked about that in the in the first segment, and John Gruden said the exact same thing. Because I don't know if I can take much more of this, you know, falling behind 14 nothing and have to battle back. But that does expend a lot of energy, and that's why, you know, this could be a, a good spot, you know, for the Chargers. But as far as the Raiders go, you know, this team finally is getting to play a division opponent, and uh, they've had this circled. Is this maybe a letdown spot for the Raiders because they have been on such a high? The two big wins at Allegiant Stadium and then, you know, that victory, you know, uh, traveling cross country and beating Marco Steelers. I, I don't see how you don't get up for this game. Monday night football, all yeah. eyes on you. Josh Jacobs in there. He could be spelled because Drake's played very well. Uh, you love the Drake. I like the Drake. He's yeah. good. I love the Drake. Yeah. I love the Drake. He's, uh, uh, he played well. They, they were able to run the ball. They were able to run the ball on first down, TC, which was important. It set yeah. things up as they went. Um, who's, who's number 31 for them? They're the backup running back that went in there. Can you remember? Richard? 
31. Oh, no, you're talking yeah. about uh, Peyton Barber. Barber. Yeah. Barber was phenomenal in the game. 111 yards. Phenomenal in the game. He, he, he found a little hole. He's a tiny little guy. Get yeah. through there and set it up, and it really set up yeah. the game. That team could have fallen apart when they were on the move on that first drive, and he throws the ball directly to the defense right. who ran it for the pick six. And even so, they, they just they just seem to just win, baby. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. We've had two games in there that's gone to overtime. Yeah. That's been really insane finishes. Uh, it's been fun in, in uh, Allegiant Stadium, and I think they carry on. I think they win this game. I mean, I know they're getting a few points. I would have probably made the game pick them. Right. Didn't make my best bets because I actually liked a few games more. But uh, to me, I don't see how you play the Chargers here. Got to love the barbershop, don't you? Oh, yeah. Peyton Barber in the barbershop. In the barbershop. Barbershop's go. good. <laughs> all right. Marco D'Angelo here in the house with us today. You can catch all of his stuff at wagertalk.com, his videos, uh, his picks. He's been on fire. Always appreciate you joining us, Marco. Okay. Let's, uh, let's give everybody your best bets here uh, before you – you depart here. Three best college, three best NFL. Who do you like? All right, NFL, I'm going with the Carolina Panthers plus the four and a half. Uh, going with the Arizona Cardinals against the L.A. Rams. This is a major, I know it's a division game, but this is a big letdown spot for the Rams. And right now the Rams are everybody's uh, flavor of the month. Uh, going to the Super Bowl, we like to buy uh, buy high, low and sell high and we're going to grab Arizona plus the points and then my last one, the Denver Broncos if one more person tells me Denver's played a combined record of teams of 0-9 you know what, that's fine they can only play who's in front of them this is a team that is for real and their defense is playing well that's my last one in the NFL college, we already talked about Cincinnati minus one and a half I like Stanford to pull an upset over Oregon on Saturday. Stanford plus the eight. And then uh, I'm not going to make the hometown team uh, happy, but I'm going against UNLV. I'm laying the 21 with Texas San Antonio. Fresno State, that was just a horrible spot for them last week after the UCLA game. And UNLV took advantage of it. They, after a gut-wrenching loss like that, they're not going to get themselves up off the mat in Texas San Antonio has a diverse offense. It's, they're going to have trouble stopping. The and stadium. they're undefeated, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I how about like the mascot there, Texas San Antonio? You got that one? Uh, Roadrunners. <laughs> beep beep. Ring it up. I was about to say Roadrunner Nation, and you teed it up for me. I did. There you go. I know. UNLV, what, getting 21? Not enough for you, huh? Not enough. I'm laying the 21. All right, right, Marco. Great stuff, man. We always appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on and being around here, my man. Great stuff. Great analysis. Part of the team here. Where, where else can you get this? I mean, you get the. You talk about Matt Holt can break down both sides of a game. I think Marco can go, you know, four sides of a game. Mar- Marco's fantastic. It's great to hear. It's a lesson. I'm writing down all my notes. I'm now all disappointed in one of my uh, top plays of the week <laughs> since he delivered the other side yeah. of it. So now I got to reevaluate that. But that's yeah. okay. And then you guys can also, you know, exchange uh, horse notes as well yeah, too. Yeah. Looking across the, the two uh, horse the, owners here. across the, the, the race and sports book. Uh, today's opening day at the Great Race Place at Santa Anita. It's a magnificent day in in our Arcadia, California. So it looks like it's going to be a great meet they got a really nice card on saturday and a beautiful card on sunday with a bunch of stakes races so uh good day for the good weekend for the horse players all right all right we'll be back with our number two showtime sean porter is going to join us the two-time welterweight champ getting ready for his huge fight coming up against terrence crawford here november 20th here in vegas so we'll talk to showtime and plus you know some cleveland browns talk is going to come up we know that as well too <laughs> yes trevor match is going to join us for best bets and a whole lot more coming your way tc martin show on a fabulous friday from where the spot the cosmopolitan of las vegas